0: Come on, come all to the After Dark Podcast. The podcast in which Sheriff Anthony does his best to wrangle Conrad through Westworld, one doggone episode at a time. So kick back and grab yourself some Applejack, or some Adam's Ale, if that's your preferred poison, and get ready for these two wannabe cowboys to ramble the night away. Music is provided by the fantastic Nancy White and Jared Iscariots. Enjoy the show. Down that Hello and welcome to the After Dark podcast. I'm Anthony James and that's Conrad. Howdy. Well, Conrad, how are you this week? I'm I'm good, thank you. I felt
1: like it's been a few weeks since we've uh, had an on-brand introduction, and I thought, you know what, we need to we need to bring some of that back. <laughs> uh, so
0: that's the kind of mood I'm in today you're in so you're back in the cowboy mood are you yeah very much so all right that's good that's good stuff well i'm i'm i wouldn't say i'm necessarily in the cowboy mood i'm actually getting really really intrigued now going into this with you to how you sort of view some of the editing decisions that are going on mm. uh because i did mention editing in the few few episodes ago uh, and this episode is one where they really start uh coming to the fore and like sort of hosts minds are rambling away and i'm looking forward to hearing what you think about it so Without further ado, Conrad, what do you say we get into it? Let's do it.
1: Oh, let's break it! down!
0: Okay, so Bernie is uh, sitting there, pretty sad. He's a sad boy now because yeah. he killed his mistress. Well, not really mistress, actually, lover. Because lover, he, yeah, yeah, because he's because he doesn't seem he's not married at the minute. I don't think so. It's not his mistress; it's his lover. They were very secret about it, though. Um, and yeah, so Ford is trying to sort of talk him down uh he's very very upset there's some great lines in here like ford saying god had nothing to do with it i told you to do it um mm. all that sort of thing what do you think about uh th- this now do you feel like a-, a disconnect with bernard now now that you know he's a host like do-, do you feel like like you don't really care that he's sad right now how do you feel about him no i think um they've they've done a
1: they've done a very good job of establishing you know that rapport with the audience to the point where you know when you see him Reflect on what he's done, and you know, clearly heartbroken at the fact that he that he's killed Teresa. Um, it is it is heartbreaking for the audience mm-hmm. as well. Like it's and, and 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 Ford describes the anguish and pain that that Bernard feels as beautiful, which is just the most self-serving and and heartless interpretation. Or view of of the actions that he's taken to put Bernard in this in this position,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and yeah, I like I absolutely empathise with Bernard as a character, as I do with a lot of the hosts. To be honest, I, I will say, like by the end of this episode, Maeve, I, I'm a little bit like this is getting a little extreme now in Mave's in <laughs> <Maeve's> storyline, <laughs> like, yeah. guys. But you know, Dolores, Dolores and Bernard as our kind of like core hosts. I guess you could maybe include Teddy in there as well. Mm. I absolutely am one hundred percent on their side, and I think it's it, it's quite funny in this opening scene. You know, we all know that Ford has a has a penchant for uh, for quoting uh, classical literature yeah. to, to to try and make his point um and in this scene uh, his his quote about uh, you know one man's life or death being a small price to pay for the knowledge he seeks um it's from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein which i feel like Ford would probably appreciate the irony of uh, of <laughs> yeah. quoting Frankenstein cuz as i recall it doesn't end that well for the doctor or the monster <laughs> or indeed the little girl that the monster kills in Frankenstein so I, I feel like that was more the writers giving giving the audience a hand up there cuz I feel like Ford the character probably wouldn't quote Frankenstein. Uh
0: yeah, like it's it's a strange person to sort of want to put yourself in the shoes yeah. of, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you mean there. Um I, I there was a little bit of discussion here actually about um about the primary colors or basically like human emotion and like, you know, stuff like that. They said yeah. they said whenever the hosts first began, the emotions of the hosts were in primary colors. And uh, he actually created Bernard uh, to be able to understand the hosts more and be able to create sort of the more mixing of the colors on the color wheel, like, you know, to create a full spectrum of emotion. Um, What did you think about that idea of Bernard was actually integral to the hosts' creation or development, I should mean? Well,
1: I mean, I've I've said before that I think Arnold's consciousness is operating through... Bernard mm. somehow and I think that that to me seems like a continuation of that in that it, it doesn't seem plausible to me that Ford could just figure out the nuances when I feel like a lot of the Ford and Arnold stuff that we've heard up until this point is that Arnold was the real brains of the operation and Ford maybe kind of dwelled in his shadow a little bit so it seems it seems unlikely to me that in the wake of Arnold's death, Ford would suddenly be able to be like, "Oh yeah, I've cracked it, and I'm going to create a host that is is more intuitive than than the humans that he, that we could employ mm. to do the you know the work on the the host behavior um, that we need done." So uh, to me, it still seems like there's there's somehow he's found a way to harness like Arnold's consciousness into Bernard uh, and use Arnold's intuition for his own for his own ends, which I think is what is is implied to be happening here
0: okay yeah i think that 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 makes consistent sense as a theory for me like the idea that he he lost arnold so he needed to create bernard to fill the gap that he lost yeah i think that 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 makes sense to me um so bernard does get a little angry here um Mm. and he rightfully so right yeah rightfully (laughs) so we'll say uh and uh ford sort of quells him down a bit says you know settle down settle down um but then he sends he sends bernard on a mission around to delete all of the traces of him and Teresa together. Uh, yes. there, there, a couple of highlights for me here. One was the, uh, the the deleting of the route. Obviously, that was a good one. The the better one for me was when he looked at the security cam footage, mm. circled around himself, and then oh. just like dragged it down a bit, and he disappeared oh, yeah. from the I've, scene.
1: I, I've got a note here that says, man, they have some great video editing software in this company, because <laughs> yeah. just circle and swipe to remove someone does all the masking for you you don't have to worry about any of that you know adobe can get fucked because whatever these guys <laughs> are using is next generation tech and yeah like i, I want to know
0: yeah wh- why he circled some of the floor why did the floor not disappear too like don't worry this, about it don't worry this, about it <laughs> <laughs> it's the sort of thing in a film like the screen the screen editing that like i can i can ensure i assure you the visual uh like uh, the visual artists who are working on this are, are, are laughing at what they've been asked to do. Like, they are they are sitting there yeah. going, can you imagine that this is what they're asking us to do? This is so stupid. But, but I, mean, uh, I mean, Bernard is, obviously Bernard is a high-ranking member of this company, but I feel like
1: in literally every tech company that I've ever worked for, there is a separation of powers that means that someone who works in like mm-hmm. behavior can't just go into CCTV footage and be like, I'll just edit that out. Like, you know, that's what security is for. To And it, it, I don't know, There's there's a couple of bits that it's not massive problems I have with it because whatever, mm-hmm. you know, Movies yeah, yeah. and television are dumb and they you, you just have to let them do dumb things sometimes. But there's a couple of moments in Bernard's storyline and in the Maeve storyline where I'm like, okay, guys, come on. Like, they don't have access to all of this. <laughs> like, you you know, do a little bit of the legwork to explain this for me, because it just seems a little bit implausible that Bernard just rocks
0: up to the servers with all the CCTV footage. It's like, just get rid of that. Yeah, <laughs> and no one it- questions it. There's also no chance that Ford is taking an interest in the modern day developments within like the networking department. So there's Mm -hmm. no way that Ford would understand, like he's the big guy in the company. There's no way he understands how like all the footprints within the system work. And like, there's no way he could do that. Also the, 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 the way that they were doing it, like the order that they were doing it, like he deletes the security camera footage and then he goes around, gets hairs, burns things in the incinerator. Like, did he go then after then and delete the security camera footage again? Because... <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing,
1: Bernard? Yeah, and then and then he just filmed himself sat in his room for like 24 straight hours and plugged that in to <laughs> yeah. explain his presence. No,
0: uh, he didn't even who, film himself. He circled the room and then like scaled... <laughs> yeah, like ...dragged right. yeah. himself just in. Just
1: put himself back in and it, just him walking back and forward <laughs> yeah. like in fucking speed like a loot security camera. <laughs> perfect that is
0: Uh, uh, you know that is you know he's not a human so uh, we know that now so he's he's limited in terms of those capabilities but yeah yeah i think stuff like that it does like when you're in this sort of emotion driven like search for um consciousness and then all of a sudden you've got this like little spy you know yeah. like uh, a yeah. hasty type stuff it's like okay this takes me out of a little it's bit it's also but-
1: just completely unnecessary i think like i, I feel like fo- you could have explained all that away and just been like ford saying i've dealt with the security footage it's like that's cool we don't need to see yeah you know, yeah, yeah. You know it, 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 they kind of make a rod for their own back with this stuff by getting into the nitty-gritty of it because that then makes it implausible when i don't really need to see it to be honest
0: yeah, 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 exactly. A little throwaway line would have been fine. But anyway, we go from there into Maeve. So Maeve mm. is becoming a bigger, bigger character in the show. But you know who's not becoming a bigger character? The original host for Clementine, because she is gone now. And yep. there's, a, there's a new one uh, coming in. Um, and yeah, so it's basically like Maeve knows straight away. Like she's like clocked it straight away. Yeah. Do you think she knows this isn't Clementine or do you think is she properly fully awoke now that she doesn't even have to remember things? She just knows now? Or do you think oh, part well, of yeah. us think oh you think okay. No, no yeah say, she just,
1: yeah. she just knows straight. away. I mean like the, the I think for a start we get um I you know I, I very much like pointing out when we when I spot some licensed music because it it, it mm-hmm. lets me lets me pretend that I know things about music. Um and we get House of the Rising Sun here which uh it, for a start is actually quite period appropriate. I mean obviously you know it was written in the 60s or 70s I think. But um, it feels more cowboyish than Radiohead,, yeah. uh, which is which is quite nice. but I think you know the the the, the symbolism of House of the Rising Sun implies that uh, Maeve's storyline is a, a new day is dawning in, in Maeve's Mave's storyline here. And I think, yeah, she she absolutely just knows, well, that's not Clementine. I know who Clementine is. <laughs> um, and and as we find out later in this episode, it, it's probably just as well that they replace Clementine <laughs> with this this nameless blonde character um, or this blonde host because uh, things don't go that well for her.
0: Yeah, things don't go very well and actually it's better for Maeve actually as well because she killed someone she doesn't really care about but... Um, yeah. She would have. Had, she that would have haunted her even more. Uh, but while she's there, actually, she gets like she's starting getting flashbacks again of her time with her her daughter or her supposed daughter in these sort of dreams slash memories. Yeah. Which we which we really get flushed out in this episode. Um, and then we sort of cut from there. She's into uh, her and the two cats, Felix and Sylvester. And um, I've never thought about that. That's a good point.
1: There is yeah. there is like, there is potential for that Warner Brothers crossover we discussed.
0: <laughs> in yeah in- yeah. I like the the potential is there, obviously. Like you know, I think um, I was worried that it wasn't there anymore towards the end of the episode, but uh, you know, it does seem to be there now. Like, yeah, I've got th- some thoughts on that as well. We'll get to that. <laughs> just about, just about made it through. But um, so Maeve is now here, and she's thinking like, "What the hell's happening to me?" Um, and then Felix explains to her that she actually experiences memories as if they're like happening for the first time. So she like experiences them in full, whereas humans have memories sort of cloudy. The details aren't exactly yeah. right um and so did you you like that little like i suppose that's actually building in what we see later on with dolores the idea that these memories are sort of just coming back to them and they're experiencing them again yes it sounded terrifying to me like to be honest with you i wouldn't want that to happen
1: yeah i mean there's some really interesting i i'm not going to say what it is right now but i got a couple of real big theories coming out of this episode um to do with dolores and and william's um plot line and um yeah, this idea that like hosts kind of experience their past and present simultaneously because the memories are so acute and clear is really interesting and 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 something which I hope they explore more because it 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 it, it kind of confuses the narrative in a good way. It makes it be it makes you ask questions of you know what's actually happening and when did this happen. Um, mm-hmm. And I think uh, the the stuff specifically with Maeve and her daughter strikes me. Uh, the way it's like shot and it keeps returning to the same footage it almost feels like kind of stock photos for a brochure of the park to me which is mm. it's in really like kind of stark contrast to the content itself of obviously you know this mother and her daughter homesteading and and then being murdered um but Maeve seems to agree because you know in this in this scene with Felix and, and Sylvester she's she's not um, she she knows that it's just Something that someone has put in her head—it's not actually her her daughter—and um, and yeah. we get um, one one crucial bit of information in this as well, where where uh, Chekhov's C six vertebrae is uh, is mentioned. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure that's going to come back as, <laughs> at, at some point. <laughs>
0: Yeah, every any time explosives or anything is mentioned like that, you know it's coming back. I'd
1: l- I'd love if that just never gets mentioned again. <laughs> like yeah. the whole series. It's like, yeah, just you know, a little bit of little bit of set dressing there. Just, yeah. you know, letting you know that it could happen.
0: Yeah, they bring it back in the like the season eight finale or something. Yeah. But um <laughs> I, I Okay, okay. You mentioned it there very slightly, but I wanted to sort of get into this a little bit, like the idea that she was initially Asking to find out where her daughter or the host who plays her daughter is. Yeah. Because uh, it always implied that she wanted to go and find her and make sure she was okay and almost maybe save her. But but then she decides against it because, you know, we're just all puppets. Like, she means nothing to me. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that um, Mae's going down this route now of sort of, it's almost like anti-human. Like she does she, she doesn't want to have like the connections that humans have. Like, yes, maybe in her memories it does feel like that's her daughter, but she's like, No, I'm gonna move above that now. I'm not gonna play well, your games, you know?
1: I, I think the way I interpret it is less that she doesn't want to have those connections and more that she doesn't what she wants to experience them for herself. herself. Like yeah, she yeah. doesn't But I mean it does raise an interesting question that, you know, can she ever effectively form those connections? with the thought in the back of her head that she's experienced emotions similar to this before and they were purely fabricated and manipulated by by humans. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Maeve's character develops into someone who completely lacks uh, empathy or ability to connect with other people for exactly that reason. But I think I think she does want to have those relationships. I just don't think she trusts the, the them to be real at the moment. And mm-hmm rightfully so again i mean and and also i think felix and and, uh, and and the other guy haven't done a great job of you know selling the the human interest <laughs> in the park as <laughs> something uh, as anything other than completely monstrous to be honest
0: yeah well like you know like that's all we've really seen as an audience audience yes, as well That is true. Yeah. um you know but I, I love the end of the scene this little scene here we'll end with this um it's a callback, but maybe people didn't realize it was a callback. You know how whenever she's she's like in her script, she's talking about like you know when she got to America, it was like mm. you know now I can tell like, you know write your own fucking story, right? You can yeah. do whatever you want. Yeah. So now it's calling back to that. She at the very end of this, she's like, "Time to write my own fucking story," you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. And and it's it's going to be interesting to see where she goes. I feel like Tandyway Newton is kind of carrying this plot line at the moment because I really don't like. The other two, uh, I I feel like they're they're dumb characters who should have been killed off a long time ago, um, <laughs> and just exist for her to talk to and say cool stuff at the moment. Um, but but yeah, I'm I'm fascinated to see what kind of story Maeve the character ends up writing for herself.
0: That's interesting that you that you feel that way. I think I think Felix is a bit of a nothing character who just serves as like Maeve's little guy who actually is loyal to her, you know. Whereas yeah. whereas Sylvester, I think he's punchable. I think he's like a proper. You know, he's annoying. He's punchable. It's yeah. They're it's, not the best characters in the world. Like you know, it's,
1: it's less. I, I suppose it's it's less that I don't like the characters, and more I don't like the way that they are just like skeleton keys for Maeve's plot. They're just mm-hmm. like, oh, we need to do this. Oh, Felix and Sylvester can do that. and Like we need to do this. Felix and Sylvester can do that. And it's like, no, but it doesn't make sense that they can do these things. It's it's ruining yeah, my immersion I mean. in this plot line. Uh, Whereas you know, I, I think as characters, they're they're fine. Um, you know, they they fit the bill and allow allow Maeve to do the uh, to, to you know talk about her past and and what she envisages for herself in her future. But uh, I hope well. By by the end of this episode, I was kind of like, oh, we might be getting a change up in the cast here based on some things that happened. But then <laughs> then they had to go and ruin it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, actually, but they do—they do mention here that um, like they had to go up to behavior to do certain changes and stuff. So mm-hmm. there is the the slight implication here that they have reached their 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 limit. It does, to be honest with you, the fact that they're even bringing in that there is a limit to their capabilities, it makes it does actually it, it sort of is counterproductive to what the 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 writers of the show wanted us to think because it's like, oh, okay, so she can't do anything more with them. She has to go up higher. That makes me think. Hang on, you're saying to me that you're you weren't just like not thinking about it and you were just letting them do whatever they want you actually were thinking where's the line so you actually decided that internally in your world they can edit the core stats of a of a host like yeah. because they they've decided the line is above that so these these chop shop butchers basically from the 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 consistency of the show can do that yeah it's really interesting that they that they that they decided so, yeah. that
1: but then it gets to a point in behavior where they're like, "That's too much. Don't let them yeah. do that." It's like, okay, but you can yeah. make so you can make them literally superhuman, but you can't,
0: <laughs> but you can't like alter their their like behavior
1: a little bit. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> it's it's very strange to me, and I, like introducing the line makes me question the line. If there was no line and they could just do whatever they want, then you just accept that for what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Or, or but, just, I I feel like just get a behavior person, just introduce a third person into this that they get some leverage over. Yeah, and make yeah, it yeah. make it a threesome. That that would that would like that would totally work for me. I just i I, I've, I find these two characters to be kind of stretching the the limits of believability and what they're able to do in this
0: super futuristic company. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, so we're in uh sort of on the trail now yep. with with William Really, the only cowboy stuff
1: we see in this entire episode. I, you know, I said at the beginning I was in a cowboy kind of mood. Yeah. But on reflection, there's not a lot of cowboy stuff in this episode.
0: Yeah, it's like it's like a bit of this, and then also a bit of the uh, man in black and Teddy stuff as well later. Yeah, uh, on the trail with Wyatt. But um, so basically, um, William and Dolores discover. Who I think are some Confederados. Yeah, uh, down these guys are on, like
1: the stormtroopers of, the, yeah. <laughs> of, of yeah. the of the of the their plot line. They're just we need some bodies. Stick some Confederados.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they're out. They're out there. Um, there's one who's still alive. Mm-hmm. Dolores wants to give water, and there's you start to see cogs in William's head turn. Yeah. This because, is this is a yeah. great example of, of sh- I, 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 this is going to sound like you know fucking writing 101
1: and I, obviously I'm not a professional writer but this is a great example of show don't tell because you know exactly what William's thinking and it's never in the script which was like well done because a lot of TV shows would have been like I I suppose he does say oh he's not going to make it like that yeah. you know but but he never vocalizes what he's clearly thinking which is I should probably just kill this guy to be on <laughs> to be honest so we can move and on and what do you think do you think he did. <sighs> I don't think there was enough time for him to actually kill him. He was right there, but I mean, I wouldn't surprise me at all if he did, you know, I suppose he could have, he could have, you know, choked him or something like that. Um, Open up his shirt, stab him in the heart, close his shirt. Yeah, yeah and, then, and then just put his hand on his chest where the blood is spreading. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know what happened to him.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like this violent stabbing of the heart, and then also Yeah, like, like closes his eyes, yeah. like really. <laughs> He's gone. Uh, okay, so the William and the body stuff is one thing. The other thing is we start getting little flashes with uh, Dolores. Mm. Now. I don't want to put words in your mouth here, but that definitely looked like the body she saw when it flashed into her memory sort of thing. It looked like that was her body. Do you, do you agree with that?
1: Yeah. So this was, this was the moment, uh, where I put a bullet or indeed an arrow, as is the case here in my, uh, theory that the duplicate Dolores, that she, I think she started seeing like herself in, uh, in Pariah. I think that's where that began. Um, but I, I I at that point I was like, oh maybe there are like duplicate versions of the hosts and that's what she's seeing. But at this point I was like, no, that's clearly a vision. I I I don't think there's a there are duplicate hosts. Um but I but I do think she was seeing herself here. Um hmm. I'm not going to say
0: what I think this is about just yet, okay. but I have some thoughts. Okay, very interesting. Um I will say that this this is interesting to me, to be honest with you. This this uh, flash of a memory, you would assume was a memory. Because if that is Dolores, right? It, that's the first time we've seen her have a memory where she sees herself like that, rather than she experiences it again. That's It's a bit... I don't know how else they would have portrayed it to us, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But it, it's a bit It's a bit different to what they usually do and what they do later in the episode. Because f- I, I'm under the impression, I'm pretty sure it's right, that she saw this, you know what I mean? She saw... So like you know, this body face down in the yeah, water. Yeah,
1: that is a good point actually, because normally, yeah, it's from her eyes yeah. that you're seeing these things, and that does look an awful lot like her, um, which does mark that as different. I hadn't really thought about that, but I have to I have to think about that and see what I see what I figure that means.
0: Yeah, well, don't, you know, maybe don't look too much into it if you don't want to. But I just mean like maybe maybe that's the only way they could have portrayed that idea. You know, I I don't mm. really know. Um, it's also like maybe they're just going for the metaphor that like you know she's. She's she's drowning in a, in something or like you know she's drowning in her own thoughts. I don't know. Like yeah. they're going for something then. Okay, all right. Teresa. Um, she Na- nasty, unfortunately
1: nasty cut, nasty cut on the forehead.
0: Yeah, 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 clumsy beast. But basically, what happened was she was out. Uh, apparently, this is a story. She was out uh, sending data, um, up to someone, corporate espionage, espionage, and she fell down. Uh, mm, that's unfortunate. And w- and what ensues from this is an absolutely fantastic performance from Anthony Hopkins, just, like, <laughs> properly twisting, like, uh, turning the screw into Charlotte Hale, you know?
1: Ford saying shit like, it's a disappointing end to her story, isn't it? <laughs> and like, in front of Teresa's corpse is the most arch shit. Like, it's so obvious he had her killed. <laughs> like, it's, like, come on. Like, he, oh, like, it's, it's like he's not even trying to hide the fact that um that he had her killed. <laughs> Um and, and a special shout out for Tessa Thompson whose character's name I had forgotten in this episode because no one ever calls her it. Um uh, yeah.
0: they say Hale, her name's Hale. Hale. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um but uh, she seethes very well in this scene, you know, she's been she's been uh, one-upped in the kind of game of corporate politics that she was playing by Ford uh, and I guess she doesn't want to like involve the police. At this point, I mean, it'd probably be messy to involve the police,
0: but, uh. Very yeah. interesting that there's no police being called here. Like, yeah, it's just like literally I mean, a have woman him arrested. He's... He clearly
1: yeah. had her killed. <laughs> killed.
0: Like... I love as well, like, he's just like, um, talking about how now that her uh so he was talking about like some lazy code or something the 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 changes like you know the little the little show that was put on with clementine and all and he's and he's saying he's saying like you know we're gonna reinstate bernard now and like uh you know charlotte hale's like of course of course uh i I think that there's a lot to be said for how well the character of charlotte hale has been meshed into this series she's Mm -hmm. only been here for like two episodes you know and all of a sudden like she she does feel like she is her position. She feels like she belongs in the show. It's it's like a really interesting thing because I look back, I I look back on like watching the show a year ago, whatever I did, and I and I I knew she wasn't in the start, so I was questioning myself then. I was thinking, did she only come in in season two, or was she there in season one? Whereas yeah. because it's it's a really interesting thing when you know someone's going to be in the show from the start to not bring them in until like episode six or something. You know? Yeah,
1: and and I mean. I think they do a great job with her. I agree with you. I, I think um, she's established as as very close to an intellectual equal to Ford. Maybe not in techn- technology sense, but but uh, scheming. Just the, yeah, and scheming, and and you know, to a certain extent. Like, I mean, we won't get into it yet. But but uh, you know, when she's basically like talking to Lee later about his narrative, and you know, she's talking about show don't tell and and stuff like that. In in in. In, uh, in speaking to him she's just very well written as a character and she doesn't get a lot of dialogue, she doesn't get a lot of scenes even th- now that she is in the show, but mm-hmm. they've done a great job of establishing her as someone to be uh, respected and I- I'm looking I still think she's going to, she's a corporate scumbag so of course she's going to be a villain but, um, <laughs> okay. but I'm-, I'm looking forward to seeing how villainous she turns out to be
0: Mm, yeah 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 lots of potential there okay so we're back in Maeve, mm. um now there's some cool they basically give her the keys to the kingdom here they let's let her have yeah. the tablet yeah. but the, there's some nice like little work here where she she's coming to conclusions that other characters are coming to other characters have are going through huge long sort of walkabouts in 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 the wild uh to find themselves and like getting and getting these voices in their head and everything, whereas yeah. she's just like ding ding <clears throat> ding 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 ding. Uh, two minds that argument Who's who's Arnold again? Like you know, she's yeah. sort of she sort of is getting this the all because she's yeah, like she's bringing brought up to speed really, and she's sort of getting the Matrix
1: experience where she's like, yeah, yeah I need yeah. to learn how to fly a helicopter done <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Like, yeah. like just kind of get crash course in arnold and everything i sense i'd like well i mean they kind of it's not really a metaphor because they immediately expand on it with her asking who is arnold but um but uh, yeah i sensed a metaphor in Maeve's dialogue about her code looking like two people arguing and wouldn't you know it as it turns out <laughs> that's exactly what it was because it was ford and arnold like counter-programming each other um it was at this point in the show where I I decided that Felix and Sylvester really need to just phone security at this point. Like they need to <laughs> they need they need to you know accept that they've you know the the house has won. They've lost a bit of money on this one, and they need to phone to, <laughs> they need to vote security rather than digging themselves any deeper. Um, which well, the,
0: yeah, what the hell? Their, their their plan instead of like just like owning up to it and saying here this woman has gone mad now help us. They're like let's. Let's brick her and let's let's kill her. You know what the hell? If you're gonna do
1: that anyway, just phone security. You absolute idiots. (laughs) they, they,
0: They care about their job above all else. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it doesn't seem like that much like that good of a job. (laughs) <laughs> to be honest like that they're that they're so protective over it but i guess you know maybe the benefits are great they've got that vr chamber that you know they get to have That's sex true. with steamy blondes or whatever it yeah. was that Sylvester <laughs> was, was up to
0: i mean that is true like you know um but yeah so th- their plan is to wipe her brain completely basically bring her back down and hit her with a rock i don't really know why uh they need to do that but um yeah just a you know, just extra extra little bit of a bit of vinegar, you know, as a as a <laughs> man in black would say. Um all right. So speaking of the man in black, we're now uh with Teddy and the man in black, and basically yeah. there's a familiar host here, Conrad. Yes, there is. What do you so they basically uh the man in black says to this familiar host, there you are, I th- I thought they um what was it? I thought Ford retired you,
1: you thirty years yeah, ago.
0: Ford retired you. Thirty years ago, um, but obviously we know that Ford is doing this new narrative now, and he's trying to get hosts into his new narrative. So, what's your take on that? Like, is he just like grabbing all the hosts he can, or what's he doing?
1: Um, no, i have a, okay. I have a different I have a different theory. It could be that, to be fair, I, I could be way off with this, but I spent this entire episode kind of formulating <clears throat> a big a big theory, okay. um, which I will expand upon now. Um, so Lovely. the First off, like if this was the lady who was doing, you know, the inductions that we saw with um with William, that's fairly monstrous by Ford standards to take her from that and then be like, well, now you're gonna be in this like horror narrative where you get hunted by a rakai or whatever the fuck Wyatt's, <laughs> Wyatt's dudes are. There's a literal minor tour later in this scene. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, okay, so. Man in Black says uh, he, he he thought they retired her, and and we know that and, and he's been coming to the park for thirty plus years, fairly fairly regularly. Yet we've seen her front and center at the park in William's introduction, mm-hmm. meaning that the man in black has either somehow missed her every time he has come here because he hasn't seen like saying he thought they retired you implies that he has never seen her or hasn't seen her in like thirty years, mm-hmm. um, or. The other implication here is that William and Dolores' storyline is taking place a long time ago. Um, and if that's the case, it begs the question, where is William now, and how is this affecting uh, Dolores? Um, how is that storyline going to affect Dolores as she exists in the present day? It wasn't something I'd really considered before this, to be honest, that the the storylines it's showing us might actually not be happening at the same time. Um but i think based on what we see here that's what i think is going on
0: okay all right so is it just like that's that's the extent of the theory just like do you think there are multiple um, timelines happening
1: there's there is more but i'll get into that a bit later i've got to i've got okay. to drip feed it to you know really really sweeten the sweeten the pot here Okay. Um, so that's a theory in bio- the matrix. Is that a yes. theory in the matrix? Okay. The, yeah, so there are there are two in the matrix. I believe it's only two. There might be another one that I've that I've not written down yet. But um but certainly the first one in the matrix is that William and Dolores's storyline is taking place in the past.
0: Okay. Good stuff. Excellent. Uh next up we have as you mentioned, the minotaur. <laughs> what is up with this? <laughs> like what's going on here? Well, Conrad, we always talk about like anytime we watch something with time travel the idea of ariadne's thread coming back it seems like every time every time travel thing ever there's ariadne's thread now we are trying to get to the center of maze here and it's implied that why it is the center of the maze and wouldn't you know it there's throwing a bit of symbolism in there why is the ariadne story in every tv show ever conrad
1: yeah i mean it turns out you know the classics nothing is new anymore we're just remaking the same thing over and over again <laughs> yeah. i mean i i'll be honest i i enjoyed the Minotaur dudes turning up and it, it's weird like i mean it shows my own it shows my own double standard and hypocrisy for this because like when the show starts you know getting into bernard using fucking ridiculous uh security uh like flaws in the security system to edit himself out of out of videos i'm like that's stupid you didn't need to show me that but then when a bulletproof minotaur turns up it's like absolutely fine with that like, like <laughs> absolutely fine with this um but yeah i mean the, he gets shot seems to be fine and then they i actually can't remember how they kill him do they what do they
0: do is it um, is it the man
1: in black that gets him no or gets well,
0: Man in, man in Black is, like, tra- dragging him, which reminds Teddy of whenever the Man in Black was dragging Dolores. Oh, that's right, yeah. And then uh, the Man in Black like, strangles him and then gets Teddy to come and cut his throat or something with a knife. Um, yeah, and then Teddy Teddy clocks the Man in Black.
1: School one for Theodore Flood as uh, as he <laughs> fucking pistol whips the Man in Black,
0: which uh, that's going to leave a mark, I think. Yeah, well, this is this is Theodore Flood. We're talking about this man is the hench, uber hench, uber mench, yeah. um, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing where this Teddy stuff's going now, because he's starting to sort of wake up, I suppose you could say. Um, yeah. Which is not... It, it's interesting because like there's other characters who've had a lot of um, development in that regard, and Teddy's sort of a bit late to the party. Yeah. It makes you think, is this happening with an awful lot of hosts, or is it just the main ones we are being shown, you know what I mean?
1: Well, I mean, they're all... the The hosts that we've seen are being woken up via external influences. So I can't imagine there's like other people going to this length going to these lengths to, to kind of awake the host near them. But I mean mm-hmm. it's plausible that, that you know there there are others that we're not seeing. But I, I feel like the three that we're seeing, you know, the most of, or four I guess if you include Bernard, um are other other main ones.
0: Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Uh next up we have um Maeve gonna get shut down. Um. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll come back to this a little later. But basically, this is just a scene where, where they're, they're just getting her ready. Uh, Felix looks at Sylvester and, and then looks at me and says, Wait, we're going to shut you down, as if to say, like, we're going to get her. Um, yeah. Now, at this at this point, Conrad, the reason why I'm sort of including this, because it is so such a small scene, um, I wanted to ask you, at this point, before the reveal, did you think that Felix was actually going to do as Sylvester says? <laughs>
1: Absolutely not. Like there was, no, there no way, not in a million years, <laughs> was Maeve gonna get. Re- Imagine that as an end to the plot line. Just be like, well, that's the end of that.
0: Maeve's, yeah, back, yeah. On,
1: Maeve's back on the job. Like you know, she, and it, she's just gonna wake up trying to, trying to, you know, get get men to sleep with her in the brothel. Like it just, there's no way. This is this is what we call in the business a banker of a storyline. Where it's like, well, I will put my house on Maeve not getting re- reformatted <laughs> in this scene. Do
0: you think she's going to be successful in leaving the park?
1: Um, I don't know. I I feel like leaving the park might be a bridge too far for a lot of these hosts. Um, but I definitely think, I think the way the park works is going to fundamentally change by the end of this season. Uh, but I don't know if it's necessarily going to be a bunch of, you know, like a mass exodus, um, Mm. I think it, it's more likely to be, you know,
0: a, a move
1: towards self-governance or something like that.
0: Okay, interesting, interesting. Um, Lee Sizemore's back at it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's he's actually been, would you believe, given the most important job oh, by Ford. Top dog. <laughs> like, he's, he's trying to create the big bad guy Wyatt.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I love I love that like because everything that Ford has says about Wyatt and everything everyone else has said about Wyatt, it, you know, it creates this mythos around the character. And I love that Lee has has clearly heard most of that. And his thought is cannibal. <laughs> like, it just, it's so
0: boring. <laughs> like the character he's created. Well, I, I think it's been hinted at that they're cannibals before, but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It's literally just like- But it's just you know, like no
1: mystique. It's just nothing like, yeah, he's, he's, he's just a cannibal. Like, and-, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, Although I will say this for Lee, as Tessa Thompson enters this scene and walks around the room, we see the Minotaur with a sword on the wall behind her, as as uh, is Teddy. So, I mean, maybe Lee is, you know, a fan of the Greek classics and he's, you know, he's the one who created the Minotaur thing.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe he is. Um, oh, oh, I will say as well that... Um, uh... Wyatt. Now, I'm calling this guy Wyatt. He's not Wyatt. This host that Fake that, um, that Lee's working on. I will say one thing that Lee has nailed. He does look like he's got some crazy ideas, which is <laughs> which is important to the Wyatt character yeah. as we know. So that's crucial. It's crucial. You know. So Charlotte comes in and says, "You know, what are you talking about? This isn't this isn't the big guy. This is busy work." Um, yeah. Lee Lee can't believe it, uh, and then he agrees. I think I think Lee would have agreed to do anything that Charlotte Hale asked him to do. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah he he's going to hitch his horse to this wagon.
1: Uh, like you know, she's she's only going in one direction, and Lee wants to follow her. I think
0: it's safe to say. Oh yeah, we we knew Lee wanted to follow her from the first scene they had hmm. together. Let's be honest. Um, yes, that's true. Okay, next up, the big moment. Maeve isn't uh, destroyed and wiped of, wiped of her memory. Who could have she, possibly seen that coming? Yeah, Felix Felix actually <laughs> has been working on her core code all this time. And she slices Sylvester's throat. I was so looking forward to Sylvester's dying. <laughs>
1: um, and so, I mean, okay. A couple of things in this scene. I, uh, you might have to remind me of this, but she says, even at a 14, you were no match for me. Is that a bulk perception thing? I can't remember. Yeah, I, I think I so. I,
0: I, th- I think so, yeah. They, I love feel like, they love it. So,
1: yeah, they, that's true. But I mean, I feel like Sylvester doesn't understand what that means either. Like, like I, What's my bulk perception then? I don't know what, what I'm ranked at. <laughs> like, that's a, it's a very, very
0: nebulous uh, term. Um, well, actually, Wait, that, that, sorry, sorry, Conrad, that hits on a point that I don't believe. Are we going to talk about it soon with the Bernard and oh, yes, we are the Bernard and Ford, but we may as well have a little mention of it here. it's interesting like you know even at 14 you were no match for me and and then you thought to yourself well what am i like what are the values to a human brain yeah it actually is a little hint into maybe that uh ford's talking about later like ford doesn't actually see a difference between the hosts and the humans you know yeah he he thinks that we're all puppets and like he thinks that um he thinks that there's no such thing as consciousness you know yeah it's like
1: when you um when you make yourself as like a character in like a wrestling game or a football game or something like that, it's like, well, I'll just bump all those stats up like, like to ninety nine. That's how I view myself. But yeah. it, but it, but it is you know it's a good question of you know making us see ourselves in the same um, in the same way as the hosts. Um, but uh, but yeah, so she slices uh, Sylvester's neck. Felix, I feel like should have seen this coming. Like he turns to her and and and, and says incredulously, "But you said you weren't going to hurt anyone," which just. <laughs> No what? nowhere in the history of cinema has anyone says, I promise I'm not gonna hurt anyone and then not hurt anyone. Like it's always those people who end up
0: hurting. <laughs> Felix didn't know that he was in a TV show. That's that we have to give That's him that.
1: That's true. That's a fair point. Um Okay, so I'm gonna say something here. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical doctor, I'm not I'm not the man in black, like a sort of biolo- biologist, philanthropist, or whatever he is. I don't think cauterizing wounds works like it does in the... In the I don't think you could just leave someone bleeding on the floor and then just... zip And then and then
0: they're just like, there you go, they're fine, get it back up. Like,
1: there's so much... There'd be so much internal bleeding.
0: Yeah, it is true. I... I like, you know, this is a little bit futuristic-y, this show, so I like to think of that as just like a let's-a-fix-you let's let's fix gun. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? I feel
1: like, yeah, like a blowtorch is not a magic wound-go-away button. <laughs> like, it doesn't work like that.
0: Yeah, this is like a magical thing. It's interesting as well, because I've seen them using it on the hosts before, but never mm. like a human. So it actually just does does show you that the hosts' bodies are basically our bodies now as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because they can heal them both for the same thing. Yeah, uh, But yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, you know, if this was... See, see, if someone invented that today, they they would they they would win the Nobel Prize like Oh, be honest, absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. Be, it'd like it'd be unbelievable. They'd be like, well, "We we fixed all medical pro- like no one will ever <laughs> die of like in surgery ever again because we can just immediately seal you back up." Um it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. But yeah, I mean, I will admit that this is perhaps colored by the fact that I was disappointed that Sylvester didn't die here. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. you know, I was I wasn't coming I wasn't judging it with a clear mind, I'll say. Yeah,
0: yeah. You were thinking, How are they gonna save him now? They can't, he's gonna die. Yeah, and God. then all of a sudden it's like magic gun. <laughs> yeah, outrageous. <laughs> like, okay, let him bleed. The one of the outcomes of the scene is that Maeve now has superhuman abilities. Uh yes. she can make people do what she wants. Like the mm. bar the bartender or hosts I should say. Like the bartender, she art. she basically Eliminates her bill, um, and then I get a free drink. Uh, I love that. That's her first thing she did. She can make anyone do what she wants, and she just well, make the like, a free yeah, drink. Yeah, it's you know, it's like the, the sort of blank check syn- syndrome,
1: isn't it? Like you start off small with a little thing just to just to test out the water. Um, or also we get like Amy Winehouse, uh, Back to Black playing in this scene, which mm-hmm. I was like, oh okay, so this is this is, this feels like a bit of a kind of girl i know this this massively predates the term and i don't particularly like the term at the best of times but this is this feels like a bit of a kind of like girl boss moment where it's just like we're gonna play any wine house and maybe is gonna get a bit of a power fantasy here as she goes around uh commanding people to do things um using her admin privileges to presumably save hector when he turns up in a second
0: yeah so basically hector like, she seems to have timed it uh, she's like she she said oh they're here now or whatever like she seems to have timed it well enough that she can she's looking for an army she said and yeah. so she it seems to me like she's going to try and recruit Hector and his gang to be like her her heavies you know
1: yeah yeah absolutely um and Uh-oh. we get we get a lovely bit of comedy from the sheriff here is all I'm going to say about this scene <laughs> <Yeah>. like, love, <laughs> The tip of the hat of yeah it's <laughs> great i was like they're perfect <laughs> absolutely great and then I, the, yeah. and then the, the snake lady just shoots him in the back <laughs> it's great It was a great moment.
0: (laughs) Uh, So funny. Okay, but while it's all going down, Maeve's actually being reminded again of the time uh, William came into her house with her and her young daughter. um, And it's sort of all flooding back to her. Um, Mm. And then obviously Hector does his little line where it's, you know what's funny about this, right? (laughs) The first time it happened, I I took it quite seriously to the point, obviously, where he didn't get to say his speech. But then after that, uh, uh, like this this time we've seen it happen, it, it really felt like, the actor who plays uh, Hector, um, Xerxes, it really felt like he was just going through the motions. You know, like it's just like, I really got from him that this is not the first time he did it. You know no, what I mean?
1: No, absolutely not. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it, it, like, everything about him feels very, like, nihilistic and just, like, tired, which I very much enjoy as, <laughs> as you're, like, kind of tastefully, uh, scarred bad boy who's just sick of everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, but this is actually also, like, um, from a few weeks ago, whenever the man in black broke him out, or a week ago, whatever broke him out of the, the jail. This is like the continuation of that storyline, yeah. which is really interesting to me because he was obviously taken out of the storyline and then put back in for Charlotte Hale to have her way with him. You know. Um.
1: Yeah, because I suppose. Yeah, she, yeah I suppose, I mean, like with my with my kind of fermenting idea that there are multiple timelines being shown to us. Mm. It kind of throws everything into disarray as to what we, which parts of it are kind of in Williams' plot line uh, or timeline, and which parts of it are in the present day timeline. Maybe there are other ones as well. I don't, I haven't spotted any. Um, mm-hmm. If that is indeed correct, so um, yeah, I, I, it could be that that what when we saw him die, that was in the the past timeline, and he's just been doing it for a while. But I suppose it could also just be that you know uh, Charlotte Hale she likes Hector. She wants him back in the story. I mean, we know yeah. she likes him, so uh,
0: uh, yeah, exactly that's what I mean like every every time she uh, she comes, she, no matter where Hector is, she just gets him out of the park and,
1: get he- get me Hector now. Like they have to just <laughs> drop the whole narrative that he's in and
0: yeah. Do
1: like the Poochie leaving the Simpsons in that narrative. Like, <laughs> shh, shh. shifts out, had to go back yeah. to his home planet.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, okay, yeah, so that all happens. Uh, mm. We'll sort of catch up with Babe a little later. Um, we now get the scene between uh, Ford and Bernard, which we hinted at a little bit earlier. Mm. And um, Bernard is talking about things like you know, pain exists in the mind. It always, it's, it's always imagined. So, what's mm. the difference between uh, me and you? Because pain is just in the mind. So, if I i'm just my mind then what's the difference and ford says that that consumed arnold that question consumed arnold and I, I just love i love the delivery of the line here as well by anthony hopkins where he's like it always seemed very simple to me you know it, it always it always seemed obvious to me uh and he just explains that you know humans are just like the host it's not that there is a line in which a host can become a human human beings have the same makeup we have the same programming in our brain yeah Consciousness is an illusion, and we are the same. Uh, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I'm, I mean, th- this entire scene is brilliant, I think. Um, the, the the kind of philo- philosophical debates that, that Ford and Bernard are having um, are very thought-provoking and very interesting. I will also say, as well, Bernard is dealing with finding out that he's a machine and his whole life is a lie exceptionally well at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, water off a duck's back at this point for Bernard. Just, you know, my wife, not real. Son, never existed. Whatever. A... <laughs> like, You're
0: forgetting got... his bulk cap perception is only a four, so you know. That's he... true.
1: Yeah, he, he he. So he he just doesn't like. I can't even remember what they said, but is bulk cap perception like empathy? Is that what they said it was? Or like... I don't know.
0: It's sort of like a catch-all term for yeah. you know intelligence, I suppose. I know. But, okay. In, emotional intelligence and actual intelligence. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I okay. think actual intelligence, you know, emotional intelligence is arguably more important. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: you see what happens when people have high other intelligence and not high uh like <laughs> uh, emotional intelligence that's how you get psychopaths yeah. um <laughs> yeah i don't know like bernard is yeah for whatever reason he's dealing very well with this revelation um and i and i love the you know the these questions that the show asks about you know pain as you say is always in the mind uh so there is no difference i, I find it interesting i think ford's lack of nuance with regards to this, to say, well, we are essentially the same, um, is fascinating for his character, fascinating what it tells us about his relationship with Arnold. Um, and also, I think just wrong. I, like, I think there are clear differences, if only... I guess... I, I I don't think biologically there's necessarily any differences, but I don't think the distinction between host and human at this point is is one of is a question of biology. I think it's a question of of, of perception and, and power dynamic more than anything else, you know. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it it's 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 simply one one of those species holds power over the other. Therefore the the info the, the the difference, albeit you know, completely enforced by 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 one side of it, does exist. It has to and certainly, you know, I, I think when the when the hosts uh, or when more hosts gain sentience and begin to question what's going on here, they will mm-hmm. certainly perceive a difference between them um as a result of the you know the enforced power dynamic that, that they've that they've had to had to live under.
0: Um the question so- becomes Conrad though that Ford talked about loops within human lives as well. Mm, yeah. And the question becomes then can you then foresee that a path in this show where they explore there is a power dynamic between humans and something as well, and like it's not like the, as the humans are to the hosts, there is something like that to the humans. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean possibly it, it's it. It naturally leads into you know conversations about organized religion or government or you know the, the, this
0: idea of. Russian spies on Facebook?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, you know, learning algorithms on Google that that you know you mistake you mistake for a human. It it could be it could be any number of things, and I and I think the show is doing a really good job of drawing those lines of comparison between the behaviour of the host and these loops and these the making these choices that aren't really choices at all because they're guided by um, external factors to humans who do much the same thing. And I think I don't ever think this show is going to give us like a clean answer to the questions that it's asking but i like the fact it's asking them and it's asking them in an interesting way with two very good actors uh delivering very good dialogue i I find i find the scenes between particularly with with ford in them but but between ford and bernard endlessly fascinating really
0: yeah yeah and it says a lot for jeffrey wright the actor as well that he's like holding his own against anthony absolutely yeah yeah um okay so dolores arrives home Uh, Oh there was
1: one thing at the end of that scene I thought I'd just mention Just to mention it um, it, Fucking Bernard Asks Ford if he's made him hurt anyone before And uh, he So okay My interpretation of this is that at the asking that question and Ford saying, no, of course not. Bernard remembers himself attacking Elsie, which I said was going to happen. I said there was going to be a... I actually said technically there'd be a Bernard heel turn, which I don't know if we can call this a heel turn because he's he's more of like a Virgil kind of character. Like he's in the sway of the, of, of Ford's million dollar man, Ted DiBiase.
0: But...
1: But... but, but um, I'm gonna count it um but the fact that he remembers it at that moment makes me think he knows that Ford has just lied to him that's my interpretation of of what we see at the end of that scene
0: yeah so he's he's having flashes like other hosts are in this episode as well um Mm -hmm. The question is, though, when whenever Ford does then delete his memory, is that going to be a permanent deletion, or is he going to go through a similar arc as the rest of them? They have to remember, as well, as he's not in the park, so therefore he's not getting all these clues of this maze and this, you know, what I mean. So I yeah. don't really know how Bernard's going to go, but uh, well, I do, but we'll see. <laughs> um, okay, so as I said, Dolores is home, uh, very yes. barren home, we'll say, um, but she's home, uh, and then she walks. She they, they come across a town she walks into the town did you spot the change of costume back to the blue dress immediately yes
1: yeah I, I was like okay so this is not this is a flashback um, and, and then you know it's kind of confirmed when you see the host who has replaced Clem um, popping up briefly um, yeah that this is this is the past and Maeve as well Oh, I did, did I see Maeve? Oh, I think I heard someone mention Maeve. Yeah, no, so she was Maeve.
0: there and someone said, come on, well done, Maeve, or whatever, she was dancing.
1: Yeah, so this idea that they're kind of experiencing... I think this is a red herring. Or, or, well, not a red herring because it's probably important to Dolores' storyline. But this idea of her kind of experiencing her past and present kind of non-sequentially and the whole thing kind of uh, becomes confusing for her and breaks down. But I think this is throwing... Um, a red herring in it out there to suggest to make us think a lot about all oh, Dolores' past and her present here and, and to distract us from the fact that clearly the host lady who introduced William is now doing something else 30 years later and that this is happening in the past. It's a it's a it's a mm-hmm. it's a clever bit of misdirection, but it didn't <laughs> fool me. Um so because I think as I was watching this scene, obviously, you know, we we see uh Dolores's, past life in whatever town this is like a very kind of simple simple existence in this in in this smaller town um and it seems like stuff goes badly wrong for her and she ends up killing herself based on, on on what we see in this flashback yeah um but i think as well as like considering what was actually happening on screen here, I was also thinking about if this timeline is taking place thirty to forty years ago, then it begins to make sense how kind of amazing the park was presented when William arrived. You know, this sort of super high tech train and and mm-hmm. you know all the, all the it, it felt very futuristic to the state of kind of like almost industrial disrepair that it's been shown to be in mm-hmm. in the present day. You know, I I feel like the more I the more I think about it. The more I think, they've made a point of not. Sh- I-, I guess actually, you could say that kind of command room with the red map is is pretty pretty damn futuristic. Yeah. But with the exception of that, I feel like they've made a real attempt to show us that the park is quite decrepit in in in, mm. in like the present day. And they didn't show us that in 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 Williams Williams' plotline, which really made me kind of double down on the okay, this is happening. In okay. the uh, in the past kind of thing, and then obviously Dolores's plotline here is happening even further in the past, I guess, because it's uh, something she she is remembering from a time before she met William.
0: Well, yeah, like it's clearly it's clearly a memory in that way, and it, it it's it strikes me. I don't know if if that memory of where they're all dancing is actually from before the park was opened or or not, but it it like the 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 scientists and stuff are out amongst them, like showing them yeah. how to dance and stuff. So it definitely seems experimental phase. Now whether or not. Because it also it looks like Dolores is arriving there as well. Like she's arrived there before, yeah. And and it looks to me like she is coming from outside the town. So maybe there's a, a train, sm- right? I
1: think so. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me if she's like you know her memory is her getting off the train, arriving in this town for the first time, and that's like the beginning of her original plot line or something along those
0: lines. Maybe yeah. Or like my my mind even even thought like when I first watched this my mind i thought to myself like oh she's made this journey before but that the way, way, way i'm thinking though is because they're like training them all up here it looks to be i don't know what point in 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 the timeline this memory would be and i don't know if that's ever actually confirmed but the idea of them training all these hosts makes me think if it's the time before the, ho- the park opened but then my idea of dolores arriving to the town would imply she's coming from her her homestead uh, yeah. out where she is with her father so therefore that would imply maybe there's a small opening maybe they did like a, a like a small like maybe Sweetwater and, and the surrounding area was the first opening and then they continually built on from there uh, but she still eventually made her way here but um, definitely it's intriguing the idea you definitely get the idea of repetition like she's she's mm. going through loops you know and it's it, it makes you think like what's going to happen in the future yeah. I, she she also um, has the memory of the little girl El Lazo's daughter yes um as well. I can't,
1: I can't remember what El Lazo's daughter actually says to her, but that kind of sets off her memory of killing herself, I believe.
0: She says something to the to the effect of Did you find you were looking for, or something like that. Um yeah. just sort of like, you know, how you get
1: Ford likes having little children wandering around delivering very cryptic messages, it seems.
0: Yeah, yeah, That is that is that is his mode 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 of delivery. Mm. Um Very interesting. Uh sh- now, interestingly enough as well, while she's going through this memory, she... Is then holding the gun to her head in, in the modern day, we'll say with yeah. uh, with William and her, and she's got the the gun to her head, and and William was obviously like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" And then um, Dolores has a little bit of a freak out and is like, "When are we? Like, when are we?" Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I was trapped in a memory from a life long ago. Um, yeah. So she snaps out of it. The idea is, if William wasn't there, maybe she would have just killed herself there. You know?
1: Yeah, I think she probably would. Um, I think it's well, they, they kind of comment on, on this saying the further they get away, the more they kind of begin to break down. So the further... I don't know whether that's saying the further they get away from the centre or the further they get away from their loop, the more their memories begin to get confused, I guess, because they maybe start mm. experiencing stuff or remembering things uh, from other parts of the park where they lived in previous lives or something like that. Um, yeah, But... Um,
0: or like a single memory from one time they did something, or three times they did something, rather than the thousand times they did it in the normal loop, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. it might stand out to them. Um, but yeah, so we they then walk away and it gets dark and William sort of takes her away from there. And wouldn't you know it, old Logan?
1: Here he he's is, back.
0: he's back. He's made friends with the Confederados. Yeah, he's now the leader of the Confederados. <laughs> that feels like
1: a, that, that feels like there's a story to be told there <laughs> like going from being dragged off to be like presumably beaten up and maybe killed to now
0: leading the Confederados after the people who stole their nitroglycerin. Well, I I can imagine. I can imagine, like, they're they're trying to kill him, like, stab him, shoot him, and, like, they just can't. And he's just like, I'm superhuman. I have to be your leader. I am your god now.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah. And commands them to follow him. I mean, they are Confederates, so they are idiots. (laughs) I think that's that's safe to say. Well, they're the
0: stormtroopers, as we said. Uh, So, okay. Next scene. Out of all the hosts that Charlotte Hale. Yeah, could mm. could have chosen for Lee <laughs> Moore to do the little data upload. Yeah. They had to choose Peter Abernathy, didn't they? It feels a
1: bit convenient there, or, or not necessarily convenient, because maybe there's a reason for it. But I like, so I don't mean to like kind of cast aspersions about the, the the plot. But I was like, come on, we. <laughs> something's happening either either this is a wink from the writers to the audience be like we know you want some more Peter abernathy <laughs> like get it get him back in circulation or you know there's going to be plot critical stuff that comes from this being uh, Dolores' former dad uh, who, who's being uh, who's smuggling data out of the park. I'm not fully sure I understand the plot here like it seems like Lee is basically pumping a host full of secret data and then trying to get them out. I, yeah I, no no
0: it's it's base, basically gonna do what the woodcutter was gonna do um basically lees is taking the place of Teresa here uh to, to try and get all of this data out of the park um okay, so they're, right. they're trying they're like basically charlotte doesn't trust uh ford not to just when he retires delete everything and ruin the whole thing and oh it'll I see. Just, you know what i mean so she she's trying to get she was trying to get Teresa first of all and now Lee to aid her in getting this information out of the park and the only way to do that apparently in this futuristic world is to put this thing in their arm fill it with data uh, because it's, all the data's in their mind take them up to a high point on a mountain and just like upload it to a satellite or something.
1: Yeah and then someone's got to decompile the code on the other side I, I, don't, I don't envy whoever's getting that job let me tell they need, you. They, like... I'll
0: tell you what they must have they have to have WinRAR uh <laughs> installed if they don't good luck
1: yeah i mean well they uh, they need to get past the the, the bloody request to uh, to purchase the full product with, win- <laughs> with, with win- first i i have
0: i've, I've I, i'll tell you what i have unzipped many a file in my time and i have never purchased the full product no, no one's well, ever bought win Run. what's say, what's, <laughs> what's the full product for <laughs> don't know.
1: no one has ever ever purchased it they don't we simply don't know we don't have the science to support that
0: yeah uh okay um Right, yeah. So they choose Peter Abernathy. I suppose, like, I'm not. I don't really. This this plot line is is vaguely familiar to me. To be honest with you, I can't remember in this season where Peter Abernathy ends up. I'm just going to be honest with you. Okay. Um, but I will say. I find it, if it just turns out that. I, I kind of know the answer to this, but still, if it just turns out that when they just walk through all these people and eventually settled on the 80th one they saw, and it was Peter, <laughs> other, and it just happened to be like that, that is lazy writing. Like it would have taken them an hour to think of a better scenario where they have to choose Peter. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I I'm don't get me wrong. I'm glad to see him back. But if it just turns out that he's the random one they picked, that is a bit like, he's at the back, guys. (laughs) Why would you not just pick the first one? Like, why does it need to be him?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, so uh, great little scene between the lesser Hemsworth and Bernard. Yeah, um... I'm going to,
1: I I know we've been joking about being the lesser Hemsworth and I I don't want to cut you off, but, you know, this was a nice little scene. I feel like I've got to give him a kinder nickname after this, based on this scene. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the 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 older Hemsworth, cause yeah. he is the oldest, I believe. Um, so he uh says that he actually uh knew about Teresa and Bernard, uh, which mm. I'm not surprised considering we saw how Bernard goes about covering things up before. Yeah. Um. Uh. So I will say I found interesting Bernard's Bernard's ex- uh, response. Because we, we had a little inkling that he was remembering things that he shouldn't have before, but mm. now it does seem that he is just fully reset now.
1: Yeah, so I, I don't think he's lying. I think he just doesn't have memory of um, of, of, of his relationship with Teresa. Uh, but I think this was really... Th- this was a kind of a surprising scene to me, because uh, security guy, you know, he's been pretty one note, to be honest, so mm-hmm. far. He's been, I'm a security guy who doesn't trust the, the, the host not to cause shit, so I'm always going to be on guard. Um, and and this was a really nice kind of moment of emotionally opening up here, you know, like offering offering Bernard support. Obviously, you know, he's still he's still professional about it. But I I really enjoyed just this moment of, of closeness between them and it and it's quite um it, it's quite disappointing that, that Bernard is now in a state where he was not able to be reciprocal to uh, to his um to to, you know his his attempts to to be supportive i do wonder where it's going to go from here because i don't i don't feel like this guy is smart enough to figure out that bernard is a host um yeah so but i think the suspicion is going to be enough that he's going to start like following bernard's movements maybe uh but even so like yeah it was a really surprising scene and i i really enjoyed um the hemsworth the elder in this
0: one <laughs> yeah the elder Hemsworth uh, yeah no I, I thought it was good as well um, okay into a scene now where we finally finally learn more about the man in black uh, so mm. he he starts speaking because he basically he's tied up because Teddy tied him up after he punched him in the face or pistol whipped him or whatever he did yeah um, Teddy don't yeah. give a shit about core cool coding in this scene <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly like, Fucking
1: punching him all over the shop
0: Yeah, and like, well, you know, before we get into the actual Man in Black backstory here, I do love that he called Teddy a glorified pimp. I thought that was that was good. Uh, Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you know, disparaging of our boy Teddy, but you know, technically true, I suppose. (laughs) Uh, So basically, the Man in Black explains that he's a you know philanthropist, biologist, all this sort of stuff. Hmm. Um, and he has been married for thirty years, and he decided that he wanted to. Oh, his his wife died, yeah. Uh, in in the bath. Took the wrong pills, mm. um. And he was he, he wanted to go and see what's the most evil thing he could do. Could he do something that was genuinely evil? So he went out into the park, and uh, killed Maeve's daughter. Um, yes. And he felt nothing. He felt nothing. Um, I'm not going to flesh out too much more of that. But what, what do you what do you uh, take from this uh, man in black backstory reveal?
1: Um, okay, so there's quite a lot here. So first off, I mean, we get the it's not a you know it's not a new character trait, but it but it works well for the man in black here. This um, idea that you know his wife uh, wife died um, accidentally taking taking the wrong pills, and then as we explore, the, I, I'm actually surprised that they revealed this as soon as they did. It's literally in the same piece of dialogue. But um, that it turns out his wife actually killed herself, mm. and that his daughter hates him. Uh, for how he is in well, his in daughter, the, be- his
0: daughter believes that that happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, I as I, I take that as fact, to be honest. Yeah, like okay, that's okay. just, I mean, I've I've we I've seen enough like men deceiving themselves into believing that their wife, who suspiciously died, didn't kill themselves to be like, yeah, that's that's where this storyline is going. <laughs> yeah, surely.
0: All, all all of his actions afterwards are are a man who is denying the fact that he knows it's true. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. absolutely. Um, okay, so there's some things that the man in black says here that make make that that gave me a theory and and to be honest he said it before i think but i really started to connect the dots here so in this in this episode um i've started to formulate the theory that william and Dolores' plotline is happening in the past because Mm. of um the the host lady and and a couple of other bits and pieces as well um which as i said earlier made me question who or like what happened to william like who who has he become in the present day Mm -hmm. and then in this scene the man in black starts talking a lot about how the park shows you who you really are which is a assertion that we have heard kind of fanatically espoused by one william who who you know his his kind of infatuation with dolores um is at least partially informed by the fact that he believes that she shows him, uh, she 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 brings out who he really is um, mm-hmm. in the park. And we know that William has a, if not, oh, I can't remember if he's, at, he's actually married at the point that we're seeing him, but he, he has a fiancé or, or yeah. something. Which makes me think that William is going to grow up to be grow up is not the right expression. <laughs> when he gets older, he's going to be the man in black. Yeah. So I, so I think William is the man in black. I think the man in black is William thirty or forty years later. Um, and I think I think the, the the plot that we've seen of both of them so far supports that. I think the thematically it kind of makes sense for the dude who. Absolutely, like confidently picked the white hat at the beginning of his journey into the park to turn into the most black hat character in the entire show. Um, I, th- I think like the, the the themes of that make a lot of sense. Um, and and going off of that theory, I think it's fascinating to see how he acts with Maeve and Maeve's daughter. Like this this um, idea of him eventually turning to not just evil but the kind of like cold calculating form of evil just evil to see if you can do it um Mm. and then feeling absolutely nothing i I think is it it says so much about where if, if i'm right where william's character is
0: going to go okay very very interesting uh theory question for you if that is true do you like that decision
1: what, do I like William kind of... Like,
0: does that excite you, the idea that they are the same character?
1: Yeah, I think so. Because I think William is... William is one of the most interesting humans in the show at the moment, I think. Because he's growing in a way that a lot of the other humans aren't. I think, I think William and Ford... probably my favorite humans i think a lot of the other humans are quite one note or they're dead at this point um i I think charlotte hale will become
0: very interesting uh but we haven't seen that much of her yet well you're assuming now that your theory is correct but i would say if your theory is not correct well the man in black i think is one of your favorite humans too oh well
1: yeah yeah, that's true yeah so the man in black could definitely be up there as well um but i but i think the yeah williams Development We can already see William displaying darker tendencies than than uh, those that he came into the park with, mm-hmm. um, and I think the seed of infatuation with with both Dolores and with what the park means to him has already been sown, and this is already affecting him. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to seeing how quickly he descends if he does indeed descend. Well, actually, no, I'll recount that. I think he, I think he's going to descend into darker behaviour one way or another I don't, I don't think that's that's necessarily okay. dependent on him becoming the man in black but I think the fact that they talk in such similar terms about what the park means to them after, it, well, in the same episode where we've seen some strange time stuff uh, or some strange timeline stuff with the, the host who greeted William makes yeah. me think that they are ramping up to that being revealed at some point
0: okay that is definitely interesting um does that play into any thoughts in your mind then potentially because you haven't really theorized much about this the idea of like 30 years ago there was a huge thing that happened in the park which sort yeah. of i can't remember exactly how they worded it, but you know what i mean like yeah cause... there was
1: like i think was, they called it like a catastrophic failure or something yeah, in the park 30 yeah. years ago which mm-hmm. makes me think that that's where yeah that's where william and dolores's plot line is ending um Okay. That, that they are going to... Well, actually, thinking about it, so, yeah, well, uh, my 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 theorising ha- had led me to the point where I was like, okay, I think Dolores killed Arnold 30 years ago, um, or 30-ish years ago, whenever whenever Arnold died, and I think that was probably part of the catastrophic failure in the park, which makes me think, now... That William and Dolores' plotline is going to lead them to Arnold and he is go. the end of their plotline together is going to be Arnold dying and the park uh, probably being I-, I still don't really know what the catastrophic failure is going to look like Maybe it will just be literally every host stopping and them having to recall all of them or something like that. Um, mm. But I think that's where their plotline is going to is going to end based on based on where my where my theories are going.
0: So is your theory then that in the in the in the timeline with William and Dolores, which you you assume is thirty years in the past, is are you saying that you think Arnold is still alive then?
1: Y- yes I think so Okay. yes I'm gonna say I think they're gonna meet Arnold
0: okay interesting um, I will just point out that there has been a moment with William there with Dolores where Dolores says that she hears the voice in her head which you think is Arnold
1: that's true that is true just but to maybe. get your just to get your cogs turning there <laughs> <comment>. <laughs> just a little morsel to think about yeah I, yeah so if that's not arnold i need to think about who it is or maybe it is arnold maybe he's just you know radioing her <laughs> like. yeah
0: yeah 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 he just got, he's got a little microphone that goes right into the in the yeah, heads of every like, host yeah he's <laughs> <Like.
1: laughs> He loves a bit of theatricality. <laughs> uh,
0: also, um, maybe it'll bring into question as well your thoughts. Like you already thought that the timeline of Bernard talking to Dolores was a bit mixed up, so maybe yeah. that'll that'll play into your, Wolf, your thoughts so I, over I, the next week.
1: Yeah, so I, I mean, like after this, I was like, okay, so the Bernard Dolores stuff is happening, I think, in the present because we haven't seen Dolores since. If 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 what I if what I think is right, I'm going to assume we haven't seen Dolores. Since she was attacked by the man in black, I think. I don't think we've seen her in that plotline since then.
0: Okay, possibly. I can't remember... I can't rem- I, I I can't remember. Um, I'm like assuming your framework is correct. I can't remember what point was the last time we saw Dolores without William. I think. Potentially, there was something to do. I might be was when it... Teddy was shot. Actually, yeah. Remember yeah. the painting. Remember the painting episode where she was painting. I, I think that was after the Man in Black stuff. I yeah, might be wrong. You though. might be right, but
1: but I do think the Bernard Dolores stuff is happening in the present, and uh, the Dolores stuff that we are seeing the majority of now happened thirty okay. years in the past. So yeah, I think I think that's that's happening later as well.
0: Okay, awesome. Um, now, while the Man in Black is telling the story, it's. It's interesting that I want your take on this, actually, because at the same time, Maeve is remembering what he's what he's saying, mm. and and it's making her have flashbacks to this, and then eventually it leads to her slicing the new Clementine's throat. But my question is this: is the fact that he's telling it to Teddy, and because Maeve is so bulk up accepting now, uh, the fact that. Is, is, is she hearing it through the other hosts ears or is it just an absolute coincidence that she's remembering it at this time yeah i guess it
1: could be i i i just considered it initially i just considered it as like convenient editing to be honest um hmm. but i suppose it could be you know that she's literally hearing it like if her bulk perception is like includes sort of perceptive powers in that Maybe, maybe she literally has like Superman style hearing. Like she can hear someone talking on the other side of the park, or, or, or something like that. Um, and and she's she's hearing it, she's hearing him say this, and it is triggering these memories. Um, these yeah, I memories even thought it
0: her. could. I even thought it could be the fact that like he's saying it to Teddy, who's a host, so therefore oh, the, she's the, kind of like in the, the network is hearing yeah. it, and yeah, she it could can, be that. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but yeah it's interesting nonetheless uh so she she kills this clementine and then they yeah. come and they come and take her although one thing was cool uh in the in the storyline of the men in black that he's all the story that he's telling mm-hmm. um he says about that he, the maze revealed itself because there was a moment where she if fe- he felt like mave was alive yeah um and that that's that sort of stuff in shows is always funny to me because it's like i like it it works thematically but at the same time it's like what are you talking about like how can you tell when you're looking at a host crying whether they're alive or not you know what i mean yeah um, it,
1: it kind of it fits in with the with the kind of tone of the episode but it's like it doesn't make sense for you for you to say this um the, the one thing i will say about this actually that i haven't you know I, i've done a lot of theorizing this episode and i feel i feel like i'm getting somewhere with it this pattern, I still have no fucking idea what's going on with this pattern. (laughs) Like, Maeve just, like you know, Maeve collapsing onto the pattern, which the Man in Black says is kind of what made him start thinking about this maze. Like, how, why does does it keep turning up at just the right time? Like, what's going on with this pattern? I've got no idea what the pattern is or what it means or how looking at that made the Man in Black go, I know. There's a maze. <laughs> like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So yeah, I'm I'm really yeah. interested to see where the, where that goes because I've I've got no th- I can't even begin to theorize the maze. I'm just like whatever. It's it's a weird thing
0: that turns up sometimes. If I saw that in, in someone's, uh, you know, farm or whatever, I, I honestly would just probably think to myself, interesting layout of the potato crop this year, what? you know, <laughs> from, from the ground, you wouldn't be able to yeah. notice fucking shit. It would just be like, well, that's <laughs> a weird and very
1: inefficient way to irrigate your crops, but whatever, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: um, normally we do it in straight lines, but whatever you do you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um i have a few thoughts about the maze uh image myself to be honest with you but i think i'll wait until the end of the season to talk about it, okay stop, don't want to risk sending you down paths you shouldn't be sent down but i've got some ideas about it um okay so uh maybe gets taken backstage we're almost at the end now mm. and um ford sort of sets up again we didn't really need this but okay we got it it's like uh where, he's, where he's saying i'll take that away from you and he's like we'll give you a new role you know, it's like, yeah, we know, like, we know she got a new role for it. Like she, cause you know, it was almost like this, this scene where it was like, we'll give you a new role. It, it felt like this was like a spin-off show where that like, they were trying to tie it back into the original show. It's like, oh my God, that's when she became the head of the whorehouse. Yeah. Like, yeah, we, like, we know like this, this felt like, like, like a line in Better Call Saul. That was referring to Breaking Bad. Do you know yeah. what I
1: mean? I, I mean, I think to be honest, the, the 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 point of this scene to me was him saying very biblical, "You need not suffer, Maeve. I'll take it from you." Which to mm. me is in like stark contrast to his conversation with Bernard at the beginning of the episode, where he's saying, "You know, your your suffering is beautiful and and you know, it makes you real and all that," which I think is designed to maybe imply that Ford has done some self reflection and learning. Uh, over the course of the last thirty years, or how long ago this, this happened?
0: Well, look, look at forty; still an old man. I think this. I think yeah. they said that she's only been the um, the head of the whorehouse, I don't, head of the brothel. I don't know what you could call it, uh, saloon. I know. Yeah, sure. She's the she's the. What do you call her role? Actually, I can't really madam. remember. She's a madam. The madam I think, yes, right. She's, the, she's she's the madam. So it said that she's only been doing that for six months. So this oh, okay, was. Okay, fine.
1: But I, yeah. So, so that doesn't actually make. I mean, I guess he could have learned it in six months. But but even so him having a different opinion on her suffering to bernard's suffering to me didn't feel right it felt like they were trying to say oh he's learned something since this has happened that has brought him to where he stands on on suffering in the host for bernard maybe it's just a double standard for the two characters but but i felt like there was a missing link in there for for me to understand okay so why why is he like you know like a you know, messianically taking the suffering from Maeve, but for Bernard he's like, No no no, you keep the memories of your dead son and, and uh yeah, yeah all, all this stuff, it makes you who you are. Uh it, it was more confusing than 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 interesting, I thought.
0: Yeah, well I suppose there is the line as well where Bernard doesn't have to be in the park with you know, like he's he's a different role. That I is true. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. But also there is a difference as well, where the the, the storyline of the, of the son is his scripted backstory, which gives him his personality or whatever. Whereas this is not like what happened to Maeve is not her scripted backstory. Yeah, this is just something horrific that happened during her time in the park. So there is there is a difference there, but I definitely see what you mean. Um, okay, so uh, I'm sure you had the counter out, ready to click the button. Uh, Teddy. He didn't actually die yet, I don't think. So maybe that little button shouldn't be clicked yet. Don't make the same mistake twice. Yeah, so I don't know what happened. Was that
1: poisoned? Like, she kind of stabs him, but it's in the left side, so it's not his heart. So I was just like, how... Like a lung, there's lung on
0: each side, Conrad.
1: I get yeah, but I mean, you you don't pass out from getting stabbed in in a lung. Like... It, 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 he, I, I think he's playing dead. I think he's still alive. I haven't counted it yet. Uh, I've learned my lesson from counting
0: Teddy deaths. <laughs> like, since. Well, I think as well. It didn't actually show him even playing dead. I think he was on the on the ground. Something was like he was hurt, obviously. Yeah. And I think he he actually could see all of all of Wyatt's, uh, yeah. f- you know, focus. He, he could see in. he could see the urukai rising
1: from the shadow <laughs> <laughs> to to getting ready to attack. But um, yes, they they are betrayed by the host lady uh who i feel like is is well i guess that uh, this is probably a narrative thing she's probably just part of wyatt's group but um yeah i i'm gonna say teddy
0: will die again but not quite yet okay um yeah like i think i think we could all put put our house on that uh <laughs> right okay let's get into the uh the roundup then, connor what do you think okay let's do it IMDB rating 8.8 so not quite as high as the 9.5 we had but 8.8 still high
1: Mm, I don't know I think this I think this is a really good one the last one was really good as well there were i sp- i can see why there are bits of this episode that i was a bit like this is dumb but but i mean there was there were relatively small you know it's just it, it, i have issues with how some of the some of the the plot lines are kind of ambulating a little bit but i still really enjoyed this episode and i think the 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 william and man in black stuff even if they don't turn out to be the same character they're both going in very interesting directions i love the ford and bernard stuff i think that's great there's just there's there's something for everything uh in 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 these episodes at the moment something for everything something for everyone is what i meant or every let's say everything let's include the hosts in this as well um and and it's just it's it's so entertaining uh from start to finish that i i find it so difficult to separate them but i think this is probably about as good as the last one if i were if i were pushed
0: yeah exactly you know it's it's sort of one of those things, you know, like we can't really trust them, but it's it's a good opener to the to the segment, right? So, okay, so you, had, you said you had two theories. Uh, let's yeah. just look, let's just state them again, and then we'll get into some questions. I've, I've actually from the, from the
1: I've early. actually through through your cajoling, I've actually okay. got, a, got a third one. So uh, the, the, the the um they're all William and Dolores based. Uh, William and Dolores, <clears throat> excuse me. William and Dolores' storyline takes place in the past. Uh, William becomes the Man in Black, and William and Dolores' storyline will end with Arnold's death of the three for this episode
0: okay okay i think this is probably the uh the most intriguing uh, set of theories you've had out of any episode so far in my opinion yeah um, they're pretty
1: big i mean they're not as big as the park maybe being in space but they're up there
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well that's not even a theory that's just a fact yeah, uh, okay fun.
1: i can see stars from the park that's all i'm saying
0: you can't see stars from earth we all know that
1: that's true
0: especially not in the future
1: Yeah, not in the future when the atmosphere is is clouded by (laughs) gases like you have to go out of space to do that
0: yeah exactly exactly all right okay we've got a couple of questions uh from the audience first one comes from pep cool and uh pep cool is actually a conrad for this series so well done Uh, i think we westworld is such a huge show i think we don't have as many conrads as we did (laughs) for the oa like for the oa we had a few conrads uh uh comment along with us given us their theories but this is such a huge show that i don't think that that we have them uh this time but pep cool is one of them so thank you very much Mm. general question to the both of you um how do you think the host loops are managed uh like when exactly comes the right time to reset reset the host's cycle take for example dolores and her father last time we saw him he was shot and in her mind he is dead uh she then went on with William, and she still remembers that her father is dead. Does that mean the park can't ins- uh, insert her father back into the world as long as Dolores' host hasn't died herself?
1: Uh, no, I think that's just the kind of like tidying up of narratives that is required. For- so I-, I-, I think her dad is back in circulation now as as the other as the other dude who used to be the bartender. And I think were Dolores to kind of re-enter the narrative that involves her father, they would have to. Uh, you know, grab Dolores and be like, reset you, and uh, and mm-hmm. and uh, and do it that way. But I think the the assumption is probably until it's likely that their paths will cross again, they probably don't need to worry too much about about managing the potential narrative conflicts, and instead they just. Uh, I mean, if I were doing it, I, w- I would keep every, uh, keep as many hosts in circulation at any yeah. given time as I could.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Like we have seen, like they are very liberal with just going in and taking hosts out. So yeah. I think there there wouldn't be any issue with having her father back in the storyline, uh, in his like doing his doing his ranching and stuff, and then and then having when Dolores comes back closer, you could maybe go and take him out or take her out and reset her. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sort of bro- more broadly, the idea of the ho- like I've actually thought about this a little bit before the the loops of the hosts. It's very clear that some hosts are on long loops. Like for example, um, Hector and his gang, mm-hmm. and other hosts are on short loops. I think that Dolores' loop is a one day loop, yeah. and I think and I think that she only it, it only goes longer than that if she gets taken up by a, a guest to do stuff like Williams doing with her. I think she has a one day loop. I think that the uh, the. The Hector's gang have like a a multiple month loop or a week loop or three week loop or whatever it is and I think that they all marry together it's like um, as a maths teacher I think of it like this you know the maths questions where you're like two trains leave a station at the same time one takes 40 minutes to get back one takes 30 minutes when's the next time they'll meet up I think like although all of them have uh, different lengths of loop. I think after like 2 weeks, 3 weeks, 4 weeks, there's like always going to be points where they all start at the same time. Like they all marry in together. Yeah. That's like my maths time-tabling mind coming in, but I think that's probably how it works. Oh, yeah, I mean, I think you would be nuts to stagger the narrative
1: starts at the beginning of the park. Like you might as well yeah. just fire them all off at once and then, you know, you you Deal with deal with the meeting up again as as yeah. and when it comes up.
0: So yeah, Dolores has multiple reset points, but then they have like a big reset point where they all start again. I think that's yeah. But yeah. um, but yeah, interesting question, Pep. Cool, thanks very much. Yeah. It's cool, uh-huh. it's cool to think of it from that angle, you know. Um, right. The next one comes from Vic Disco. Now that we know a bit more about the Man in Black's life and more of the sadistic acts he commits in the park, do you think that there is another reason for his motives besides setting the hosts free? Um, well, I mean,
1: if he is who I think he is, I think he's infatuated with Dolores. He wants to, he wants to, probably free her. I think to, to you know, take what she represents to him as a person out into out into the real world. I think that's his main motivation. Um, yeah, I I I think it's quite personal. Unless, uh, so when 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 like I initially started theorizing about the Man in Black and his motivations, I think I. I i i theorized that he was doing it for kind of ethical reasons broadly for all of the hosts and i actually think it's a lot more personal than that i think it's it's his concerns are on dolores specifically and if it happens to benefit other hosts along the way then so be it um okay. but uh, but yeah i think he's he's all about all about that d all
0: about that base yeah. uh, right um Thanks very much, guys. That's us That's us for this week. So next week, we'll be on to the penultimate episode of the first season, episode nine, uh, which we're very much looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to get to the end of the season, as I'm sure people who've watched this show before are feeling that way as well. Thanks very much for watching, guys. If you want to support the podcast, you can. There's links in the description. If you would like to like the video, that'd be great. Subscribe to the channel, that sort of thing. On audio apps, we are the After Dark Podcast. On YouTube, we are the Culture Cave. So if you're listening on audio apps, go and check out our stuff over on the culture cave we've had a lot of videos up in the last week or so i you can tell i'm a teacher on holidays like um but there's, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of videos we, we usually we usually get about three a week two podcasts with uh conrad and i and then uh and then some sort of discussion thing with uh me and Emmett. uh sometimes we cross paths sometimes we don't there's lots of stuff there guys thanks very much for joining us and we'll catch you later goodbye goodbye
1: thank you for listening The After Dark Podcast has been a Culture Cave production. Please subscribe on audio apps as well as on YouTube at The Culture Cave. Join us next week as Conrad journeys further into the unknown.